Previously on Nerd Punches Nerd. Yeah, but Dennis Farina, like, he was just like, get him to a good Jewish doctor. You know? <laughs> 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 he's, he's got the keeper on, too. I know, that's right. Now let's okay. move on to a kid's version, which is represented here by Mr. Scrooge McDuck. Now it's Excellent funny choice. because, of course, I also played a lot of DuckTales. Obviously, it's Jeremy's game, choice, but I agree with it. Yeah. No, it's it's a that, good choice. We'll, we'll talk about why it's a good choice. That's the derivative of the show, which I know I watched a hell of a lot of, and I know Benji did too. Although I don't know how much he really remembered because he was pretty young with a lot. No, of I don't remember. I, I remember but, really. I, I remember the song and, and dig it. But well, there's a reason that it's an. <laughs> Everybody era. remembers the song. Yeah, it's because it's so catchy, and it's an it's a fun show, and a lot of it really still holds up, even now. And it didn't, unlike a lot of kids' stuff, it doesn't talk down, or did I should say, didn't talk down to the kids. You know, it had like fun adventures. You know, and it wasn't like pandering. And it was one of these. Things. It was just a fun show. It was like kind of an interesting it was, kind of. It was thing. also a very influential show. It was. Yeah. It was basically like the first. I think it was like the first successful cartoon on the on the Disney Afternoon. Yes. Like spawned all, the, all the, of the, these other Disney Afternoon shows. Yeah, you know right. that like came you know after my time. I don't know. There's a lot of people who like Goof Troop or whatever. Tailspin. But, um, Tailspin was immediate spinoff. Yeah, no, Tailspin was was like uh, at the same time. What was the jungle? Spin off, um, sort of. Tailspin was right. It was it was based off the Jungle Book, um, and right. there were there were other shows also, but there were like a bunch of them. But and Darkwing Duck, right. Darkwing Duck, of course. No, you're right, you're right, and that's the thing. It was I think it was one of the first of that, and also the fact that they like, like yeah, because were there like cartoons where like they were like heroes of something? Was there anything before it where like there were definitely cartoons? But were they Disney ever the characters? heroes? Like just regular, get, well, just in general, cartoon you know, well, real shows. I mean, was no, they were? I don't think they were. There were I, no, I like, meant, Real TV shows. All right. Well, hold on. Let me just say there have been there were certainly cartoons before that, but no, no, there were cartoons. There were hero cartoons, but like of like of like of the kids' characters. There were no like like serialized episodic kind of shows. Nothing that wasn't designed to sell toys. Because I mean, like you know, you got your Thundercats (laughs) and your GI Joes and so on. Which yeah, they were designed. That's that's in a different category. I mean, I'm talking about these like silly. You know, I mean, they're close together. But I don't know if they exist. I certainly don't remember. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that DuckTales sticks in my head. I mean, I think Teenage Ninja Turtles also does to a certain extent. But the yeah. truth is, I think that just in terms of quality, it's just not as good. Yeah. And even though I think it's, it's good, more memorable, but not as good. It's funny because, like, recently, they a new, like, remastered version of the old DuckTales game came out. Yeah. And I was, and I'm like, it was one of the, I, was, I watched a video of the press conference where Capcom just sort of showed this little video, and nobody knew what it was going to be, and suddenly it just starts playing, like, it's like, like you know, I say, sing along when you know it, and people are like, wait, what is this? And then you just see, it's they start sing, playing the music, and you see awesome. the, and you see the new game with the little Scrooge McDuck bouncing around, and everyone's like cheering and singing along with this song, all at the same time, and it was great, and I was thinking, I was like, yes! Oh, this looks great. And I'm really, by the way, you remember our old friend Jake? That's the noise Jeremy makes when he has a nerdgasm. Yeah, that's true. You remember? Oh, our- <laughs> you're right. <laughs> that should be the new sound. For, like, if we have a compilation of sounds for our podcast, that's what we should show. We should have Jeremy go, oh. 
Do you remember our old friend Jake Kaufman, Vert? Yes. He's yeah. the one who's doing the music for the new DuckTales game. That's awesome. He's remixing it, and you know what? Good, because he's the only one I would trust to remix the moon theme. Because <laughs> here that's, that's, uh, I mean, I've heard I've heard other people remix it. I've heard decent remixes, but I'm just saying, you know, this is a guy he gets video games. Yeah. And this is part, and, and part of this is like it's interesting in that Ducktales is kind of like an intersection of enjoyment of both old school Nintendo and also old school cartoons, and that's why it sort of like has an yeah, interesting wow. nerdy thing that people, a lot of people who are, don't get it, just like I don't understand. Why do you like DuckTales? That's a stupid game. And like, hey, would it be stupid if I hit my cane over your head? That would be yeah. stupid. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I think I think that's good. Let's let's move on because we uh, good we choice. Keep up. Good choice. Let's 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 keep it up. All right. Let's. Are you ready to move on? Yeah. All right. So our next representation is, of course, Wolverine from the X Men. This, actually, this oh. is actually from Astonishing X-Men, but it really, oh, that was just that was, one. Uh, that was uh, a <laughs> little, little Red Dawn there. Oh. Uh, that, it, was, it, was, it was the wrong reference. I think part of this is, you know, we've all read plenty of comic book stuff. I mean, some of us have read a lot of Grant Morrison, for example. But, yeah, uh, Benji. And I think some yeah. of us have read more graphic novels than anyone else, and that's me. But... I mean, I feel it sort of came down to who is a good representation. And the truth is, you know, we could put in Sandman or King Mob. But, it's like... but, this, but this, if we're talking about us, if we're talking about us, then I think it's really good, cause especially X-Men, the animated series. Like, um, like, we've all talked about as being this amazing thing. Even though, you know, you guys, or at least you, Jeremy, say that, that you think ba- you like Batman just a little more, which I understand. But, but the thing it's is, so, people... Yeah. People will say the X Men animated series is awesome, but a lot of people do say that that Batman's better. And I always try to like say why the I like X Men was awesome. I would say that that Batman and Gargoyles were both a little bit better. Oh, Gargoyles. Well, I didn't Gargoyles. really see Gargoyles, but 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 let's think of my, like it's but but like between the two of them, between Gargoyles and between Batman, you know, there's like a middle ground. I think X Men is kind of there in the sense of like X Men was quality, had some of the campiness, and it was just such it like it was so good. Mm-hmm. It was it, it, it fit the time. And it I was think X Men came along a little earlier than those other shows, uh, and so it might have. And it was it was one of the first kids' cartoons that that tried to like be kind of mature. Yeah, I, I picked up on it. I remember picking up on it. I'm like this is this is kind of serious. Like they're really trying to say some stuff, and stuff could get pretty dark. That's the thing too. There's some pretty dark stuff, and especially when you like go in the future and you meet Cable and you see an apocalypse, like. And then there's a there's general one thing, one thing in particular I remember. Um, they they run into this this guy. I think his name was like Proteus or something like that. And um, like Wolverine goes to attack him, and he and then like the whole world just starts warping and bending. And Wolverine has this like vertigo attack, and he like just freaks the hell out. Huh. And and like the whole rest of the episode, he's just like dealing with this because he starts to have like panic attacks about this vertigo and like you see like and Wolverine is like this you know super badass character and like nothing can hurt him or whatever but yeah. like but like it was really cool to see his his weakness and and how like you know he also is vulnerable he's not just like this yeah this 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 like badass like invincible guy um so and like and that was really cool to see in a kids show 
to watch one of one of the heroes be be taken down in this like clever and subtle way, yeah, and have it kind yeah. of stay with them, and and you know, I mean, I don't I don't think they really referenced it in later episodes, but um, but it, it definitely came up multiple times in that episode, and it was it was just a cool thing to see. I think kind of like it's kind of yeah, kind of, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, think about let's think about this thing because let's let's try to summarize here because we could talk a lot more about this stuff. I think Wolverine is iconic in general as a comic yeah. book person, and I think it's relevant for all of us. We all have, you know, we all like the character. We like how he's been shown in you know cartoons and comics and movies. It does sort of works, and I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, if there's anything else you just want to say quickly, um, it, it's it's just also that like you know the the, the show. The sh- what was great about the the animated series is also like. It was definitely didn't have you could tell it didn't have a complete planned arc that they were just doing a lot of stuff and catching up whatever but they really did try to have interesting storylines consistently with people they, they were trying even they were a little bit all over the place they really did try to make things interesting which I enjoyed even between the characters so they did and some of some of their plots were like really complicated yeah really just yeah. elaborate and crazy. I mean, you mentioned them going into the future. Not, they don't actually go into the future, really, but, like, you see stuff that happens in the future with Cable and stuff. There's one episode where, like, um, um, where Bishop, like, comes back and he has to change oh, something Bishop. in the past because of, you know, the future is going to be a, a, a disaster. Yeah. And, then, and then, like, you know, so they spend a whole episode dealing with that. And then, like, the next episode, Cable comes back from a different point in the future and... Then they have to change other things, but they're trying to fight against Cable, and it's like all the same stuff is happening. It's like 12 monkeys, right? Where, like, you know, the, the events don't actually change, but then you see, like, multiple things happening in the background that you didn't know about before, and it, it's just, like, really, really sort of elaborate for, uh, for a kid's cartoon to, to, you know, very ambitious to try to yeah. do something like that. So it was, it was a pretty cool show. Anyway. Um, right. So let's move on. Moving on. No. There's a lot of mainstream stuff on uh, this. Obviously, the X-Men movies have been extremely successful. Still have Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, Matrix, and so on. However, that is also sort of true for our next guy, Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I try to push him to be there. Louis C.K. is interesting because the truth is he hasn't always been super popular. He's become more and more lately. And there's more than one thing here. There's more than one layer here. We yeah. are talking about stand-up comedy. There are a lot of other, you know, very good comedians. You know, I like Paul F. Tompkins a lot. You know, Bill Burr yeah. is pretty decent. I mean, always, you know, George Carlin is a classic. Yeah, but we didn't put George Carlin up there. That's the thing. There's a reason for it. And keep, 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 keep going. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> and part of it is that what Louis C.K. does and how he does things and how he deals with art, and it's a different way of approaching things than we've really seen from him. He has this show, Louis, which is like kind of an absurdist show in a lot of ways. It's also very experimental. It's low budget, and it's interesting, and it's weird, and it's also brilliant. And yeah. the show is one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic show. I mean, it's funny, especially when you, get, when you cut to him in his stand-up routines. Yeah. But it's also like... Affecting. It's in, and it's weird, and it really it tells like interesting things. I've su- been surprised. Well, I've written sometimes reviews of different episodes, and sometimes I'm surprised by what I realize about the episode as I'm writing it. Like, oh wait a minute, wait a minute, this is what's happening, and I didn't even pick up on it until I started actually thinking about. Yeah, it. Yeah, he's he's I a. Really, I don't. 
I don't appreciate Louis as much as you get. Like, I watched the first three episodes or so, and I didn't <laughs> stick with it. Amateur. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't stick with. I mean, I enjoyed those episodes. I thought but they were. That's funny, like watching but... the first one and a half episodes of The Wire. Yeah, right. yeah. It is kind of what it's like. <laughs> or the first. I, well, I, well, I don't think. I, I don't think Louis. I, I don't think Louis C.K. is for everyone. No, I, I, I do. I do recognize that. But that's but, the but nerdy think... thing. That's what's so nerdy yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, He's obviously a lot of critics love Louis C.K. There's a reason he won an Emmy. Yeah. But he also doesn't have a hugely high rating. Kind of like the rest of development sort of thing. Yeah, I like, don't know. I mean, it would be cool if, you know, his show becomes like a real cult classic later on. Obviously, he's still very successful, one of the most successful stand-ups out there right now. And that's the other thing. I mean, it's really cool how he can do these multiple things, because he's, he's a legit comedian. But like, you know, he's, the, the, you know, a minority of his fans watch the show, which is why it's kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, it, the show doesn't get anything close to the ratings you know, that you might think considering his uh, popularity as a comedian. It's just kind of one of these interesting things. Yeah, and also here's the other thing that I think makes him nerdy. He he is in the mainstream right now, but he's this weird thing in the mainstream. In fact, kind of like Tarantino in a, in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, like just like this kind of weird, or you know, or Darren Aronofsky in, 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 in maybe a lesser way. But um, he's kind of this guy who's in the mainstream, who some people are into, but he's in the mainstream. Like, people know who he is, but it's like, certain people are into him. It's like, oh, you're like a Louis fan, or you're like a Louis, you know. And it's, and it is a little different, though, it can be very related to just being a Louis C.K. comic fan, you know. So anyway, um, that's, that's why. And also, he does a lot of, he's, he also is a, is a nerd in his way. He's like a film nerd, you know. And he's, he's really nerdy about the way he does stuff. So I think, I think, I think, you know. Oh, definitely. And the thing is, like, there's sometimes some comedians who, are kind of nerd-phobic in a lot of ways. Now, the truth is, there's some aren't. Like, Pat Oswald, for example, he loves his nerdiness. You know, I was going to mention Pat Oswald, because when I saw Louis C.K. on there, and I thought, you know, Louis C.K. is a funny comedian. I really like him. Um, I think his, his bit on how everything is amazing and nobody is happy is just, like, profound. But um, if you're going to pick a nerdy comedian, Pat Oswald is, like, the iconic nerdy comedian right now. Sure, but that's also sort of... It's a different thing that we're trying to express here. I mean, also I was going to say like you know Chris Hardwick, who isn't as well known, but he's a you know he's he's pretty damn nerdy, and he's a pretty funny. And his his routines are so nerdy that you kind of you cannot be a mainstream audience to appreciate him. It's well, I mean, there there certainly are. We talked about this. There certainly are comedy nerds. We don't consider the nerds in the same way, but there are comedy nerds. And yeah, then there's like a subset. You know, people who are into like David Cross or Dimitri Martin, right, well, both of whom I like. Remember yeah. when we were at the the Laugh Factory, and we saw like it, the comedy the, store. I'm sorry, the comedy store in L.A. and how there were definitely differences in the different comedians, especially yeah. in terms of quality. And that one guy, Brody Stevens, who by the way is getting a lot more popular now. It's like we were catching him as he was about to get more popular. It's weird, yeah. but apparently, like he's very well you know respected in the industry. And it just it was like it was weird just to see this guy getting so emotional and connected to the audience in a way I'd never seen before. Yeah, he's like he's a very interesting performer. And the thing is, I have to mention that I, I didn't think this would be an appropriate person to come up, but like the past few years I've been like really listening a lot to Joe Rogan's podcast and he was he was on news radio and affected by him. I wouldn't call him a nerdy comedian, though he's not like he's not opposed to nerdiness. He's just his own sort of thing. I I'm I'm a pretty regular listener to his podcast and I've been into him for a while. 
you know, and, and his like interesting take on things in his world and blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, through that, I become more interested in comedy and kind of that opened up the door for Louis C.K. It wasn't totally that. Well, it was really that one time, Jeremy, well, you, had, you had Louis playing. I was like, this is really funny. But anyway. Um, um, I was in terms yeah. of like the nerd filmic thing, I'm thinking of someone like Conan O'Brien, who's it's weird because a lot of his comedy tends to be kind of weird and meta a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And yet he'll like issue it. He'll say like, oh, nerds. And sometimes he'll even call attention to it. He's like, I can't believe I'm making fun of my audience like this. But it's weird because, of course, he went to Harvard. He wrote for The Simpsons. He is a nerd. It's just maybe he's not a nerd in like video game sense. It's just kind of right. weird how sometimes there's still this feeling of some people where they have to sort of act like oh nerds, and it's tiresome. That's why a lot, yeah. I don't like a lot of the stuff with the Big Bang Theory. Sometimes it's all right, but when they get into those cliches, I just get kind of sick of it. Anyway, yeah. let's move on to our final character here, Mr. Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> and you stay classy, San Diego. Now, not everyone <laughs> likes the Anchorman, although I wouldn't call it a small following either. Yeah. And it's interesting because this is like our representation. I don't know. Of that's, it's got to be his most popular movie, right? It's it, it's got it's it's got definitely a huge yeah, following, and also it, it also well, it is kind of like Star Wars in the sense that a lot of people also like. There are plenty of casual fans who will be yeah. like, "Oh yeah, the movie is hilarious," but a lot of you people. Know don't really get into it. And also, like, there's some things that are so absurdist about it. That's part of the reason why we like it, is it's so ridiculous. And it's interesting, like, the ways it goes. Like, you know, the brawl. You know, the brawl to the death that they suddenly have. Yeah, that escalated <laughs> quickly. Yeah, they got, a pass, got mean, out of hand real well, fast. That, I mean, you I, killed a guy. That was a, that was a Gangs of New York joke. But I, I feel like people don't really remember that now. Oh, because that's a good point. I need to think about, about that. Gangs of New York. I didn't even think about that. But well, well that, it's interesting because also one thing we were saying that's nerdy about it too is like is like you can remember a ton of quotes from it. Um, like that that's that's the big thing. Like people quote tons of lines from from Anchorman, even though Superbad ha- ha- has it too. It says Knocked Up and all these other movies and Billy Madison. That's a whole different story. Um, the, the 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 whole thing is though Anchorman has all these amazing moments, and it's. It's got a. I won't say it's got a good story. It's not supposed to have a good story. The story, <laughs> the story, the story is solid enough that it keeps the. It at least keeps it moving along. So I wouldn't say the, the story is genius, but they at least had that down. It wasn't just jokes. That you know, at least they could have the story moving. But it was just there were just so many amazing parts to it. And I think just even the sense of just also having Ron Burgundy's face in anything is great. It's also Will Ferrell. I mean, it's pretty much Will Ferrell's best role. Can anyone like argue with it? No, it is like, his best role. Like. Like it's he fits he's so natural in it. It's, he was he's good so in stranger than fiction, but that's a very different kind of. Role. Well, he's he's been good in a number of things. Will Ferrell's talented, but the thing is, is that Ron Burgundy it was just so perfect. Him with that mustache and how yeah. he talked and how he like yeah the like, mustache. Like he was kind of like, like he tried to like talk like cla- like this classy way, but he was so ridiculous. Like everything about him is so good and. He, you know, with Baxter and take him to foggy London town. <laughs> You're talking about your boobs. And, oh, the whole thing where he's just like, he's like, I don't speak Spanish. Like, where the hell did that come from? But it's so great. I don't know if it was riffing or not, but it was hilarious. <laughs> Who knows what it is? But it's it's kind of the king of comedy. It's one of the king's comedies. You know, I was thinking we didn't put Monty Python in there, which we could have. But we don't really talk about Monty Python a lot. Sure. And Monty Python is there. But, like, I always I feel like mass appeal, like, 
Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was saying, I feel like with Monty Python, it's almost like it's passed us by, or we passed it by, because there used to be a time where I think we liked a lot of that stuff more. It just kind of got, well, it's we're done. It's like, um, well, that's the thing about con- comedy is that comedy can we and we've spoken about this. Comedy can get kind of dated. You know, so things yeah. that were like hilarious 20 years ago are now sometimes just like, you know, well, it's kind of funny. But, but Monty still, Python um, does still hold up and then oh, certain things they do have totally. actually, like, but it's just, know. it's just, there's so much that they have. There's so, it's like overwhelming. And obviously, even when you're talking about, say, something like Will Ferrell, he has a lot of movies of uh, varying quality. Let's say that for sure. Yeah. But Anchorman is this representation. This, the, the Ron Burgundy is this thing. It's like something. It's a character that we quote constantly, and it's just something that appeals to our senses of humor and the way we think about things. I think that's why it's important, why it's relevant, yeah. and it's and not, like, a, and also because it's funny because it's not expected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we we could have picked, um, you know, someone who's equally, I think, really equally as memorable as a comedy character is Borat. You know what I mean? Or or any of this, or or, or Ali G. And the thing is, it's not nerdy to be into that, even though we think a lot of that stuff is funny. Like, part of it is it being, like, this character in, like, this story or whatever. So I think Ron Burgundy's great and the whole thing, you know, just, it's awesome. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up. We had a nice little discussion about the All right. secret. Before we wrap it up, I feel like it's, it's important to talk about, um, you know, something that I noticed about these, uh, because, again, I wasn't involved in the process of creating these images. Right. Um. All of these characters are male. True. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. And well, at, first, at first I thought that was kind of uh, unfortunate, and then I realized that it's kind of a nice contrast with uh, with our thumbnails, because the thumbnails of our, of our episodes yeah. are always male. So, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of balances out, maybe. Um, but, uh, but it is kind of unfortunate that, that all of these like nerdy icons that we couldn't get couldn't get like a you know Felicia Day or well, let's 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 okay wait wait yeah. we should round out the podcast by by listing ones the female female ones that that we would pick I do want to say though I was going to say before Sam when you were talking about like female like, something with Street Fighter and picking I wasn't surprised you picked Princess for the opening thing because I I was thinking I think it's you you kind of are partial to a lot of female characters I think I noticed that you also you like playing female characters. Like, you like talking about them. You almost always bring them up. And, like, I, like I think, really, I just absorbed a lot of things as, like, a boy. Like, like when I really started getting nerdy and all that stuff, I just absorbed boy concepts in my head. So I, I acknowledge the women, but I don't immediately think about that. But you, like, bring up the women characters. So well, you. I try to be, but, you know, I like to think of myself as, as a feminist. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, like, up on the, you know, the current... Um, you know, feminist ideology. I didn't major in women's studies or anything, but like I, you know, I, I, I care about these things enough to uh, to pay attention to it. And yeah. like when you know, when you have like, and there's 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 plenty of of. Well, I mean, like I mentioned Felicia Day because I think that Felicia Day has tried to position herself as like the queen of the nerds. Who who is she? Um, Felicia Day. She was in um, uh, she was in Doctor Horrible's Sing Along blog. Well, yeah, although she got popular because she was in this online web show called The Guild, which was basically World of Warcraft nerds. But let's just do a 
Yeah. Instead of Louis C.K., I could think of a lot of people, but I could think of Sarah Silverman or Amy yeah. Schumer. Those are mm-hmm. Amy Schumer, yeah. Uh, instead of... What? Yeah, Tina Fey. Yeah, I think I would replace yeah. Will Ferrell with Tina Fey, though. Oh, that's true. Because they're both I would replace Malcolm Reynolds with... Uh, Inara? Inara, probably. River. River, oh, no, River. No, I think River, definitely, is the correct one there. Um, and I would replace Mr. Freeze <laughs> with, let's see. Well, I guess the Uma Thurman in Kill Bill. Yes, that's a good one. Oh. Yeah. Good point. And I would replace Kefka with Tara. Mm-hmm. And I would replace Ned Stark with Daenerys. That's uh-huh. my initial thing. All right, just quickly. Wait, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we, can we, can we, can we, can we pause for for a second? Because I, I had a, I had a good. Amy Adams. It's a weird choice, but Amy Adams is pretty awesome. She's, She's awesome. You know what? I liked her in the movie Man of Steel. Oh, she was. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. But you know, Enchanted. She was great. She was really good in the Night at the Museum. Thing. Like she's this interesting, like as an actress, like you just respect she was, her. Um, she's the best part of Night of the Museum. Well, obviously, no. She's like this really. First of all, she's a really good actress, and she's and she's very good at bringing this other angle. Like, she's very good at bringing like whatever character she's doing like to life, but in this interesting way. Like she has she has an interesting way of doing it, and she's kind of this weird artist, you know, going on. And and I think that she's. And 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 she can put me in the nerdy category because she's not afraid to be like different, be in these like different roles. Like she kind of was a breakout hit with the Enchanted stuff because she was in a mainstream thing. But she she'll do a lot of shit, you know. I think in a really cool. I think I think she represents something cool, and you and you could nerd out about Amy Adams, I think, or at least I think right, we'll, well maybe one day we'll uh, you know have a new. Yeah, we should talk about women. We should talk about like like female stuff in in a podcast. I think. All it's, right, I think well, let's hold off on that one for a little while because I think that that's a good thing to talk. about. So, let's wrap it up. Nerd you later. Nerd you later. All right, nerd you later.